0: Welcome to Weddings Unveiled, the podcast for your wedding planning process. I'm your host, Leah Longbreak. We know how exciting and stressful planning the big day can be, and we're here to help, providing you with information and advice from industry insiders and those with firsthand experience. On today's episode, we have real bride, Ashley Lou Conrad. She'll share with us how she planned her September 2020 wedding in the midst of the COVID 19 pandemic and the California wildfires. Ashley, welcome to the show and congratulations. I'd love to start off with the proposal. Tell us about your fiance and how they proposed. Sure. So, just to even backtrack
1: a little further, we happened to meet on match. So that in itself is sort of like, oh, we're one of those testimonials like a lot of people, I think, even just because online dating is pretty huge and everyone knows someone who's met somebody online. Oh, yeah. It was one of those circumstances where you even think to yourself that with dating like being very difficult... You don't even consider the fact that it could happen, you know, going into it. And that's kind of what it was like for myself, just trying to wing it and see what happens. And it ended up working out for us really well. So we're really, really lucky. We were basically... Dated for two years, and he proposed last year in September. We went on a trip to Colorado, where he's from, and we got to do like a little road trip to check out like city to city. We checked out his home that he grew up at, like at least from the outside. And we were uh, at the top of a mountain called Mount Evans. And I'm not much of a hiker, so it's actually a very, (laughs) very high altitude Top of the peak of this beautiful mountain, and I want to see it was over fourteen thousand
0: feet. Oh wow! Up. And this is your first time in Colorado, right? First
1: time, yeah. It was absolutely beautiful. We got up to the top, and funny enough, you know, we had talked about wanting to get married and everything. And I'm kind of a control freak a little bit, so <laughs> he already knew that I wanted to choose the ring and everything. I mean, I <laughs> wanted to make sure it was perfect, so. Basically, I had set up an appointment to buy the ring and take a look at and everything. But when we planned it, it was for like a future date. So I really was taken aback when he actually did propose because I didn't pick the ring yet. So he pulls out this ring and I'm going to (laughs) call it like a prop ring because it was basically it looked like the ring that I was looking into and that's just what he wanted to do to at least surprise me. Aww. So he surprised me with this prop ring. <laughs> it was very short and sweet. Also, just from talking to other girls and, and everything, I know that they've said before, oh, I have want to make sure my nails are done. I want to make sure that they're ready. And, that, and I want someone there to take a picture. But for us, it was completely secluded. And I didn't even brush my hair. I mean, my <laughs> hair was tied up. I'd had no nail polish on. I was completely unkempt because I was not prepared. But it was a really nice surprise. It was like a really sweet moment for us. And we're not like big on social media too much anyway. So it was very sweet that it was just our moment together. Yeah. You know, we kind of professed his love a little bit for a minute. (laughs) And it was really quick and really beautiful. And we both cried a little bit. And it was a really sweet moment for us. And it's funny, he grabbed the wrong hand, which is really cute. So I switched <laughs> the hand really fast, like, no, no, it's this one. I'm pretty sure I just mumbled thank you, because I had no <laughs> idea what to say. I was in so much shock. I was just like, thanks, I love you. And then we just hugged, and that was it. Aww. It was really great. And from there, I basically just tried to plan a way, and we wanted to kind of work on budgeting and all these things. So looked at a couple of venues, but... Even then, it was pretty quick as far as like our decision. So we picked this golf club in San Clemente called Talega. It just really fit. And the date at the time worked really well. It was May 2nd, which is the date that we actually met. And that was a date that they had available. They had very few options because it's super popular, high demand,
0: yeah, I mean, venues can fill up fast. Oh, yeah. So it's good that you were getting on that like right away. How long between the proposal and you actually planning and booking the venue was that timeline?
1: So proposed in September of 2019, started researching right away. I think we checked out the place and picked it in probably December. Oh, wow.
0: You were on it.
1: Yeah, maybe December, latest January. And we picked May 2nd and then kind of started trying to shop around and do all these things and look for vendors. And then COVID hit, basically myself including, I mean, I'm an events planner. So it was affecting obviously work because we were just really confused and concerned. Right, and And you're West Coast.
0: You're getting Mm -hmm. hit before even those of us on the East Coast.
1: Correct. That's when it hit and I was planning for trade shows for March and on. And so at that time when this was happening, things were obviously getting so bad that we were forced to not participate anymore. I want to say that these locations, these events were turning into virtual ones are either like canceled for now, TBD. And I guess we were both very much about trying to think hard and positively, hoping that this thing would blow over and it really didn't. When we got to April, I would say, is when we finally made our decision on postponing, because even thinking about his family, they're living in uh, Madison, Wisconsin, and just having to consider the fact that they might not be able to get here. I have some family from NorCal. It was really just getting worse. So we waited for really as long as we could, and the venue was awesome. There were so many pluses for booking this place because of the fact that our contact was insanely flexible and accommodating understanding of everything. But not just that, I mean, I think a unique identifier for this venue is they didn't even have like an actual contractual obligation that we had to adhere to. So we were super lucky with that. He was just very much about like, let me know what you want to do.
0: And yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Did they have any kind of clause or anything no, like that? Absolutely.
1: Like nothing. That's um, fantastic. It's very unique to see that. I've never seen that in Absolutely. My life. As we were looking at date options, obviously there weren't very many because people were either keeping their dates or people were starting to push their dates to like first quarter, second quarter of the following year. So in that sense, then you know, okay, like you're just not going to have as many options. The thing about it that makes this more unique, I would say, is my sister got pregnant and had said that she would not, and she was my maid of honor, she said she would not be able to make it to the May date because of she was kind of concerned. But not only that, the new date that we chose was September 19th. And she was going to deliver on oh, that wow. <laughs> Oh, wow. So gosh. basically, she had said, you know, I'm going to do my best to make it because I want to. At the same time, it's really a gamble because I don't want to be exposed, you know, potentially. Oh, yeah. For a while, and I was very upset about it for several months because she had made the decision, point blank, not to come because she was just super uncomfortable and wanted to make sure she was just being as safe as possible. And so it made sense. Yeah. And at the same time, she said, but, you know, if, in case things do get better, in case I change my mind, maybe I will, depending on when the baby's coming, like, maybe I'll try to make it there, at least for the ceremony. So I'm sure I'll have the baby, like, before. I mean, I'm not going to have it on the day. <laughs> I mean, more than likely I won't. So anyways, we get closer. We were, again, trying to be, like, conscientious about budget. We were wanting this to be a very intimate ceremony. We wanted this to happen this year. So we knew we we're going to lose a lot of people. And I think that's another thing to consider is obviously this wedding is very important. You want people you love to be there. You want everyone to be there. But at the same time, you have to think about what's most important, which we got to the point where we were getting a little bit over it. And we really just wanted to have it. And we we're just
0: happy to have people there. Was that the deciding factor for you when it came down to either having it now or postponing it another year? I would say so.
1: That's one of the biggest reasons is we were thinking about ourselves in the sense that we really wanted this to happen for us and celebrate and be able to move on to the next chapter. And the other thing was just knowing that because we had been waiting, we were figuring like, is there going to be a difficult time to find a a date next year because everyone was moving their dates. So from there, it would have been how late are we going to have to move it? And then are things going to get better to the point where the show rates to be really good and everyone's going to really want to be there? So I think there's a lot of factors that are super gray and it's very much a gamble because even having September 19th as the date, Mm -hmm. there were people asking me if we were going to move it again. Things were getting better, but not in a pace where you could say, oh, yeah, everything's great now. It's better, but people still aren't comfortable coming. So we definitely had a fair number of cancellations, which we expected. And again, the venue didn't have hold us to a guest count, and they did not hold us to any minimums. So that was another thing.
0: That's a huge thing.
1: They said, hey, we're flexible. If this ends up being really small, this is okay. They were gonna have social distancing measures and whatnot, moving things, everything to be outside. We were gonna be like indoors and outdoors, but it ended up just being all outdoors because of the the regulations. And the planning process, it it really worked out in our favor. And adding to what happened with my sister, I mean, she ended up not having the baby yet, but it was like really any day. So we were just waiting, waiting, waiting. And not only that, her husband, my brother-in-law, was actually our efficient. So we had asked for him to oh. get a license to <laughs> be efficient. But he said, well, if she's not having the baby yet, if she doesn't come and baby is coming, like everything is happening almost at the same time, he was like, I don't think that I can come. And that was really the day before the wedding. I mean,
0: it oh was when I gosh. said,
1: are you in or are you out? <laughs> Did you have a backup? So we had asked my husband's brother to just do it for us. I said, I have a script (laughs) for you. You could be the backup. And we asked him the day before. So he was like freaking out. But he was a trooper and he said he would do it for us. But the thing about it, obviously, is how do we make this legal, right?
0: Yeah, can you just go online and get it right away? Or does it take a day or two?
1: Um, you can go online and get it right away to be inefficient. But the thing about it was that what we did not think about far ahead enough was getting the license. We didn't look until, I would say, two weeks before to figure out, like, what was the process? Now, in Orange County, California, there are virtual meetings. You can't even go inside and walk in or anything. You need to do an appointment. You need to do a virtual
0: meeting. And they have to mail it to you or email it to you?
1: Well, I think that is the process. But the thing is, is that because we ended up having our honeymoon in Grand Canyon and Sedona, we're going to just drive out there for a few days after the ceremony. A colleague of mine at work actually said, well, why don't you just get married in Arizona then if you're going to be there? It was super easy. They were definitely not as strict as it is over here. So when we drove to Arizona, we actually bought our license in Sedona right away. It was super easy, took minutes. And then beforehand, I had scheduled a ceremony with a judge at their city hall. So we did the ceremony with the judge and our two witnesses was another judge and a clerk. (laughs) So that's actually what ended up happening to make that official. And then my sister's baby was actually born like the day before we made it legal. So technically, it's funny because we'll be able to kind of know what our anniversary is like for our weddings (laughs) based on... Weddings, plural. Oh, yeah. Weddings, plural, based on the age of the baby. So it'll be kind of cute. Yeah. Fortunately, my sister also make it to the ceremony and everything. She got to walk down the aisle in a mask
0: and so we've
1: got some hopefully okay pictures out of it. Um kind of waiting for that from the photographer. I was going to ask you
0: if you did have fancy bridal masks and everything.
1: We didn't necessarily do that. I was thinking about it, but everybody already came in with a mask. We had sanitizers that were customized, extra masks and like tissues that were kind of individually packaged. It was just trying to think about like the fewest touch points as possible We were going to have like a candy station and all that, but we figured, you know, a lot of hands and jars and scooping and whatnot. So we kind of ditched that and kept it super, super simple. I think it's kind of just being able to focus on the main things that are important instead of all the little things. And I think we can easily, like as a bride, obsess over all of those things because you want the flowers to be perfect and you want people to kind of follow through with what they need to do and maybe vendors and stuff. And I think the only minor thing really was I had this makeup artist who I did a trial run with, you know, way back and she ended up having her baby at the same time as our wedding as well. So she said, oh, I can't do the service for you. So then I did have to find someone else, but I'm pretty sure, I mean, they did such an incredible job. So that ended up really working out for me. At the end of the day, I think it's really just about focusing on like celebrating and just really not sweating on the details. But like I said, as a bride, I mean, I half the time probably couldn't do that. So my (laughs) husband, fortunately, was there to kind of remind me to be present, stay calm, stay calm, be present. Those were things I was having a hard time with at least the first half of the day.
0: Was he involved with you as well? Did he stay involved in the planning process?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, we bought a lot of like decor stuff at Hobby Lobby. So he was going to like Hobby Lobby with me (laughs) a million times back and forth. I'd say as far as like that stuff, that tends to be what the bride takes care of.
0: How big was your guest count in the end?
1: So in the end, we did have some no-shows. I believe they had gotten sick before and did not want to, you know, risk anything. So once we ended up with about 50 and oh, that's a good number. We probably we're going to have 80 to 90 people initially. So as far as like our bank accounts, it was, you know, it definitely helped. not painful.
0: <laughs> now being in California where you were, does the ceremony location and the routes that guests had to take to come. Were the fires impacting that at all?
1: Not in necessarily where we were located. At some point about I'd say a week before it was a little concerning just in general with the air quality here because actually my husband had gotten like strep throat for a few days because we were doing a lot of walks because that's kind of what we have to do right to keep busy but he was starting to develop like an issue with his throat because of the smokes outside that was probably the uh, factor we we're just trying to think about and really just like if this air quality is going to get better or worse because we're thinking about the photos. Like, is it going to be a very smoky kind of look in the atmosphere in all our pictures? And so I was thinking about that pretty bummed because I wasn't sure how quickly that would clear up.
0: If everything's outside, everyone's having to breathe that in too. Yeah,
1: exactly. So that was definitely something that we were thinking about. When we got a few days closer into the date, we could see more blue in the sky. Like the sky was actually blue instead of, this really sad gray and things were perfect from a weather standpoint on this particular day it was actually really perfect.
0: So the efficient situation, your sister going to give birth, COVID-19 is happening. What would you say at the end of the day was the biggest hurdle that you and your fiance had when planning the wedding?
1: I think the biggest hurdle was making the decision to have it Because when you have guests and family and friends who are very worried about not only their health, but exposing themselves to the potential of getting sick, because you kind of never know with this disease, it's quite contagious. I think we didn't necessarily want to seem like we were making this decision and kind of feeling selfish about it, per se, because we did indeed. And there's obviously a number of people who moved it because they were thinking about the fact that, you know, hey, I want everybody to be at the wedding and to celebrate. And we can't do it without all of these people and also thinking about the safety. So I would say it's making our decision to actually just have the wedding, knowing that There could be risks and then hoping for the best that no one we're around has it because there are people who travel to be there too. But fortunately, you know, being outdoors makes a huge difference. So we felt good in that sense. I was thinking about this a lot too. Like, how do you have people socially distanced the whole time? Is everyone wearing masks the whole time? But then when you're eating, you're you're not wearing your mask because you can't. And I've had that question asked by some people too, like, you know, is it safe to have the wedding? And, you know, honestly, you know weddings. I mean, you're taking pictures (laughs) with people all day and we were dancing and we're doing all these things. So, you know, we started off distanced, but I mean, you, we did not stay in the clear appropriately the whole time. It is a risk to have it. So that's just the decision that we did. And then also thinking about how, at this point, it's been like two weeks, so we're like, okay, we're in the clear, and we didn't hear from anybody, so I think we're good. Obviously, for a lot of people, if, God forbid, we have some kind of bizarre situation like this, you do have to think about what's most important. And we just want to have the day, we wanted to move on to the next chapter, and because this is such a strange position that we're in, I would hope for everybody who's planning a wedding for like next year and the following year, like I hope everything goes off without a hitch. You're still gonna have no shows because other people get sick for different reasons or they can't come and babies and all these things. I, Multiple people couldn't come to our wedding because it was, oh, about to have a baby. Like that was a big thing for me. There will always be no shows. There'll always be people who have something going on where they can't come. Just do what's best for you there's always something that's going to come up. As I was told, it literally blew by so fast and I didn't even realize that being two weeks, it doesn't feel like it. right?
0: People warn you and you think, oh, whatever.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: But it does. Exactly,
1: it does. And so just have those special moments and hopefully you'll remember what you did. I mean, I didn't drink very much, so I remembered everything. It was good. I'd probably suggest that too. (laughs) So, I mean, this is a quick day, so don't overdo it. Your guests will do that for you, so it's okay. (laughs) You don't need to be the couple that ends up standing out for that reason. But enjoy the moment. And if things don't work out the way that you expected, my immediate family wasn't there at our ceremony until like 15 minutes before, not even. I mean, they were really cutting it close, and I'm still trying to figure out like what happened there, but people are going to show up late on your special day.
0: And you can't control it. You can't just have to it. roll with it.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's going to be interesting to try to figure out if we have some good pictures that come out of it and like focusing on some of the solo pics that we took together off to the side instead. So I'm hoping that will turn out
0: really good. <laughs> Any last piece of advice for couples planning their wedding?
1: A thing that was very helpful for us was that we did not really ask for physical gifts. You know, we didn't ask for a nice, fine china or typical stuff that people might want to ask for. We already moved in together before we got married. So, I mean, we technically had the stuff that we needed. So, we just simply asked for kind of like a honeymoon donation kind of thing. And when we did that, what was a big plus was just the fact that even family who were not able to make it still kind of sent us some money through this. And so we did very well financially from this because we just had a number of people who couldn't make it and still sent us this as a gift. So if you don't care about the stuff, (laughs) I would also recommend that too, just kind of like a honeymoon fund. And then you could kind of describe like where you plan to go because this was actually, even though we did this drive to Grand Canyon and Sedona, this was our third honeymoon that worked out, right? Our first one got canceled because it was Hawaii. So our first one was in Maine, Hawaii, and we were going to do a little island hop between Oahu and Maui. And they were quarantining people for two weeks, whoever traveled there. So we didn't want to do that because we didn't have that much time to spend and we didn't want to just spend it in quarantine. So that didn't work out. And the second time, I was actually planning on going to a friend's wedding in the Philippines. So we thought, well, to make our investment worthwhile, let's go to different areas that are close to the Philippines. Like what sounds good? And at that time, when we were trying to book flights, like the pricing was amazing. Obviously we know yeah, (laughs) super cheap. So we found this trip from Long Beach to Auckland, New Zealand for an insanely cheap price. I want to say the $300 zone. I mean, crazy, crazy price. And from there we thought, well, if we build our trip around that and then do Singapore for a few days, do... Philippines and do this whole huge journey could be a really cool trip. And that was supposed to be this year in November. And we were going to tie it to my birthday. It was going to be this whole thing. So we booked a lot of the stuff, the flights and everything. And of course, my friend ended up postponing her wedding to next year. And then we had to cancel all of our flights and we had like different airlines. Oh gosh. But the other thing that I would say as advice would be waiting for those flights to get canceled on you, because that way you actually get the opportunity to qualify for a refund. So if you were to cancel first, there's potential that you wouldn't. It might just be a credit. So that's what we were doing, was we're actually just waiting for those flights to cancel on us. And that's what happened, actually. So those airlines have already just flat out canceled. So even if we wanted to go, we wouldn't have had the opportunity. So this third one worked out. It was a shorter trip. <laughs> Hopefully, like in the future, we can kind of use our credits for like a bigger trip if it if that ends up at least working out, depending on flights and the industry and everyone's comfort level. So I think that's going to be a really big determining factor of, you know, when is the right time to get married now? Or when is the right time to travel? And I don't know if there's, I don't know if there is one.
0: It's just a personal thing, just like you made the decision, like you wanted to be married now. Yeah. So you just found the way. Some people want to wear
1: masks everywhere they go from running outside to obviously indoors, you have to wear a mask. But except in Arizona, we were a lot of people not wearing masks, which was insane. It seems that they're not as, not sure if it's not as regulated there, but we saw a lot of people not wearing masks, not socially distancing. So We spend a lot of time in our patio. You know, everybody has to use their best judgment to make like their decision on whether or not they're going to want to either attend and participate or get married. But I'm sure people will figure out. I think the trend is those small, intimate, special weddings instead of inviting like your neighbor and like everybody (laughs) under the sun. So I'm sure that's what we'll be seeing our smaller, intimate weddings, which is nice, too, because at least you get the chance to talk to everybody that's there. I want to say I was able to do that for the most part. And if you've got a 200-plus wedding, I mean, I'm sure more than likely.
0: You sometimes don't even see somebody. Right. Like, you could get lost in the crowd. Exactly. I mean, not you as the bride, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, not seeing the guest. Oh,
1: yeah, because I think a chunk of the wedding is just, on pictures, right? So it's just about that. And I think the other thing is just try to have fun and remember why you're having a wedding, why you're there. Pictures are important, but just also make sure that, you know, you should definitely want to focus on celebrating and having conversations and really enjoying yourself with those people who are there to kind of support and celebrate that marriage. So that's really what
0: people should be focusing on. Well, thank you so much, Ashley, for being with us today and sharing your journey down the aisle and so happy for you and your husband and we wish you the best. Sounds good. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Weddings Unveiled. Make sure you subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. And if you have a moment, please rate and review. We'd love to know what you think of the show. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thank you to executive producers David Moss and Gerardo Orlando, production director Bridget Coyne, and audio engineers Eric Coltnow, Sean Rule Hoffman, and Declan Roars. Don't forget to enjoy the journey.